Bible and opening it up into Second uh, Kings, a familiar chapter in Second, some of our familiar book in our Bible, Second Kings. We're going to go to the fourth chapter. Amen, amen. And as we turn in there, I want to draw, draw. As we turn the king, I want to, I want to draw your attention to my queen and to my beautiful wife, Stacey. Amen. Can you wave at the people for the amen, amen. That's my love of my life right there. Amen, amen, amen. See how you work that out, Amen. So as you turn to Second Kings, uh, fourth uh, chapter. Amen. I appreciate you able to stand and honoring a reading of God's word. I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. I'll be reading from verse 1 to uh, verse 7. If you're not there, say hold on. I'll hold on. We'll be right there. Uh, Hopefully we'll arrive to the same conclusion as we journey on this journey together in God's word. 2 Kings uh, 4th chapter, looking at verses one to seven. All right. The word of God reads this way. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead. And, you know, he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatened to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is Left over. Oh, glory be to God. As you take your seat, help me announce this subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them God provides. Amen. Make sure your other neighbor is waking up to gently shake them. Wake them up. They fell asleep and tell them God provides. We are looking at this text, looking at a widow who has already been described as being a poor widow. Uh, So we already know that she doesn't have much. A widow never has much in the first place. Definitely in this times that once times a woman becomes a widow, she now becomes dependent on the community and the society or on her sons. But it looks to appear she has two young sons unable to work and take care of anybody. So now not only she's just a widow, she's a poor widow. Not only is she just a poor widow, she highlights her situation that her husband's estate is not in good standing, that the debtor has come. And the debtor has full rights, has full rights within the law to take her sons as slaves. Mm. So let's look at this text. What can we learn from this text? I want to highlight some things in this text, some some truths for us to grab. Definitely to our college students, some truth to grab. First and foremost, what does she do when she finds out she's in trouble? She goes to the prophet. I want to encourage you many times when you get into trouble, don't just go to anybody. Go to godly counsel. Go to wise counsel. 
Because when she went to the prophet, she went to someone that would hear from God, someone that would tell her something wise, something of good encouragement, something that can handle the situation, not someone going to tell them what they think and what they would have done if I was you. We don't need if I was you what you should do because you're not me. We need some information about what's the best way to handle the circumstance. And, And look here, look here closely. Her help was already in the house. Mm, mm, mm. Another thing I want you to highlight is sometimes we look so much outside for somebody to help us out, we don't look inside to see what we already have. The, the, the prophet looks at her when she comes to him and says, hey, how uh, can I help you? And then, then he asks her, what do you have in the house? And that's something. He says, how can I help you? But tell me what you have in your house. He's saying, I can use what you already have. Oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, let me have somebody about, this, about a good thing about this, that when Moses was called by God, Moses had all kinds of excuses how God could not use him. God let him know that I made you. And since I made you, I know your capacity. I know what you're able to do. I've given you this lips. That's why I asked you to talk, but that's not good enough. Use your brother. You already got a brother. His name is Aaron. He liked to talk. Use him. Oh, what else I'm going to go with? God, I don't have anything. What do you have in your hands? A staff. Use that. Oftentimes we look around for everything else to help us out. But God has already given you what you need. Just use it. So when you use what you got, you open up the dependency on God, not on other people. Watch out. Because when we depend on other people, we're going to find out they're going to let you down. And, and, and they don't mean to let you down. They're just going to let you down. Because we're humans. Y'all quiet on me. I've never let my friend down. They just never told you. It's, it's human to air. We mess up. We mess up. But the beautiful thing is that when you got a good friend, they forgive you. And they make you feel like you never messed up. But that a lie. But when we mess up, when we mess up, we try to fix it. We try to handle it. But we're going to let people down. But can I let you know that God has never failed? God's plans always work out the way he wants them to work out. So look closely here. Here it is. A widow is coming up within this text. Look closely within this text. Why all of a sudden does a widow show? Because the widow is used as a purpose to tell how God can provide. Mm, mm. So this widow is saying, okay, I'm in debt. I got I to settle this debt. If not, the collector is going to take my sons. What can I do? Look what she goes when she goes to the prophet. She hollers a couple of things to the prophet about her father. Her, I'm sorry, her husband. My husband was one of the prophets. He was within the school of you. And my husband feared the Lord. Mm. She gave some good qualifications that he was not no, no, some, some irresponsible man. He was responsible. He was not a heathen. He did not, not honor God, but he honored God. He has a good reputation. And so it seems here that Elisha could understand that this, this woman's situation was not due to irresponsibility or due to bad issue. But this was a man that served the Lord, loved God. And, and as time hasn't gone, that things have washed out in their estate. Now they have become dependent and now they have debt. And he understood, how can I help you? Tell your neighbor, it's good to serve the Lord. Because when you serve the Lord, watch out. It's amazing how his favor will bless your family. Mm, 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 mm. You see, the character of the man gave her a headway with the prophet. Because of who he was, she, he, she was recognized. Y'all have heard the saying, right? It's not what you know, but who you know. 
Because of her husband and who he knew, she knew who to go to. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Isn't that good news where you know who to go to in a time of trouble? It doesn't matter how much information you have when you can't have anybody to help you out. Yet she knew that I'm in trouble. There's a prophet. There's a man of God I can go to, and he can help me. So Elisha gives her the instructions, and the instructions are beautiful. The instructions are clear. He says, all right, you got this flask of olive oil. This olive oil is used. Everybody has this oil because everybody uses oil to bathe themselves, to cleanse themselves, and, and to make themselves, uh, lubricate themselves in this dry wilderness weather. So everybody had this, so they need this. They need it. This is a necessity. So this was not something to waste. So he said, hey, you can use that. Matter of fact, once you go and get as many jars from your friends and your neighbors, get as many as you can. Take your sons with you. So now they go out and they gather everything that they can. I can, I can see them in modern day times having some wagons and just drag a wagon. Say, we got more mom, put them in the wagon. Everybody's taking time and grabbing as many jars that they can. And look what the prophet said. He says, after you do that, go into your house and close the door. Oh, Lord have mercy. Y'all cast into that. Close the door. The reason why he asked them to close the door, how I see it, is that many times we want everybody about to see what God is doing, but God said, I'm just doing this for you. (laughs) And so when you close the door, it's an intimate, private moment of her and her sons to see the provision of God. And look how Ma gets excited now. We got the jars. The prophet said to do it. All right, here we go. Let's start pouring. Now she starts pouring, right? And one becomes filled. Oh, all right, this is good. Bring me more jars. So she keeps on pouring them and pouring them. Then all of a sudden, right, the jars are filled. She says, bring me one more jar. We all out. Then the oil stopped. Mm. Mm. Now, a couple of things highlighted to me in this text is that why did the oil stop once there was no more jars? And, and it grabbed me this, that why would God waste the oil? He already knew the capacity that she needed. So once it reached, the oil stopped. And once she realized he had no more jars, he had no more capacity to fill it up. The jars stopped. So when the jar, so when the oil stopped and the jars stopped coming in, she stopped. And then she went and asked the prophet what to do next. You see that she understood that the prophet told me to do this. Now I need further instructions of what to do. Can I help somebody out that we need to trust God to give us further instruction? Don't think that we know what to do just because we got something. Just because you have something in your hand, just because you now went from, from a failure to a success, don't mean that all of a sudden you know what's going on. You still need the Lord to give you some instructions in your life. So as he gets this godly counsel, now the godly counsel now tells her, okay, look here, settle your debts. Mm, mm. I'm going to spend some time here. Settle your debts. Definitely college too. Y'all understand debts. <laughs> Settle your debts. Listen here, how many times when, when people get money, the first thing they, they think about is not settling debts. We think about how we're going to spend it on what we want. Going to give me that new suit, that new car, those new shoes, that new purse, that new watch, what, whatsoever it is. That's what you want. But yet the Bible tells that when you got what you needed, it said, first, settle your debt. He says, you are accountable. You are responsible of settling the debt. Settle the debt. Take care of the debt. But what I like that didn't stop there. He says, then you can live off the rest. Oftentimes, we are living in debt, D-E-B-T, doing everything but tithe. 
Once we pay our debts, check this out. Once we pay our debts, we will realize we got more money to spare. But if we keep on spending the money and not take care of the debt, we're going to be in more debt. And when you get in more debt, you'll be in more depression. And when you get in more depression, you're going to be in more debt because you're going to do everything you can trying to get out, not getting out. But when you follow the instructions of paying off your debt, paying what you owe, does not God tell us first come unto me, give me mine, and then I will add on. He says, you rob from God by not giving him your tithes and your all. But he says, I, if you trust me and you give to me as I ask you, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room for. Even Jesus says, give unto Caesar what is his. The Bible makes it clear that we ought to sell our debts. We ought to give what is given. But yet also the Bible teaches that we must trust God can provide. He's an able God. He's an able God. Look, look in this text. There's so much in this text that I'd like to point out to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ within this text. One thing, we have a poor widow in debt. There's a, a song we like to sing called Amazing Rest. Let's talk about a, what a wretch I am. You know, a wretch is a, is a helpless, disgruntled, poor person. And we sing Amazing Grace that saved what? a wretch like me. She was in trouble and needed some assistance. And what happened? The man of God stepped in. Mm-mm. And the man of God gave her a word of instruction of how she could be delivered. Oh, oh, oh. Do you not have seen Jesus, how he did not come? How we were in trouble on our way to hell. But Jesus, the son of man, stepped in and gave us instructions of how we can be delivered. The Son of Man stepped in and says, Behold, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Any man believe me, son, you know, has anybody believe me, though he may die, yet he shall live because I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the good shepherd. I've come that you have my life and more abundantly. He goes on and on saying who he is and what he's able to provide. The man stepped in right in time. Because you understand the widow right on time because she was about to lose her sons. Time was winding up. Time was time for the collector to come and take everything that she cherished the most. Mm. She would have given up the house, but she didn't want to give up the sons. She would have given up the cattle, but she wanted to give up the sons. It's amazing how what we cherish the most, everybody will try to take it away from you. But yet God is able to sustain you. God is able to keep you. And look how Jesus has stepped in to save our life because everybody's trying to take your life. Just look at it. Mm. If you look on society, they tell you how you should live your life. They tell you how you should live your life. They tell you how you should do this, you should do that. It's amazing how, po- how popular community has, a, has brainwashed us so much so that we don't think we're, we're living unless we drive the best car. We have the best clothes. We have the best haircut. We're at the best parties. We're not living unless we're in these circumstances because I need to have my picture. You know, I remember when I was, when I was your age and, and younger, I thought I was somebody because I got to meet Sugar Ray Linus. I told everybody, I, I met Sugar Ray Linus. I'm living. I got in the limousine. Now it becomes old news. Like, who does it matter that I met Sugar Ray Linus? I don't know, really know him. But I met him, but I don't really know him. I should tell everybody because my cousin told me that my, my seventh degree cousin was Eddie Murphy. I'm related to Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy don't know me. We get caught up just trying to be popular, trying to be accessible, trying to be what we are not. Instead of finding out that all we need is get back in our house, close the door and trust that God shall provide. And so once the widow understood this. She was delivered. She would say, you don't read about her anymore in the text. (laughs) 
But yet you find this out, this text that what? The oil stopped. And why the oil stopped? Because check this out. The oil stopped once they reached what they needed. I want to share with you that sometimes in our lives, once we get satisfied, we look for more and we don't need any more. We already have what we need. Some of us think if I just get one more raise, if I get one more check, if I get one more this, when you already have what you need. If I get one more car, if I get a a bigger house, you already have what you need. When we have what we need, we find this out, we find this out, we find this out so much so that I'm satisfied. Because who satisfies us? God satisfies. But yet we can never satisfy ourselves because we always want more. We want more. And she wanted more. She said, hey, this is some good stuff. I, 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 I want some more jars. The son said, mama, we all out. All right. Well, let's go see what to do next. I want you to understand, once you achieve what you needed, go see what you're supposed to do next. Because sometimes, sometimes we get caught up doing the same thing over and over because we're good at it. Now, really, a guy wants to go do something else. She went from being collecting of the olive oil to being the seller of the olive oil. She went from depending on, on everybody else, and now they depend on her to get what they need. Y'all see that? How it swept around? She said, you can use that to survive. What? You can sell it. She was able to sell some of it to settle her debt. Then she was able to sell the rest of it that she could live off of it. And where was it? In her house. God has given you a great gift, a great talent that nobody else has, and yet he wants to fill it up to capacity. But he can't fill it up to capacity because you're not willing to take the risk of going to ask your neighbors and friends for help. Because she went and asked her neighbors and friends for help, and they gave her all that she needed, and then God was able to expand it and stretch it out. What I want to point out is that oftentimes we get quiet and scared because we don't want to use what God's given because we think they're going to talk about us. They're going to make fun of us. They're not going to encourage us because you want to be on the chess club or you want to sing or you want to play soccer. I'm saying all the stuff that that's not popping. I'm playing football and basketball. Yeah, you have some bad if you do that. But if you do some other stuff, they want to talk about, oh, that's not cool or that's not nice. But yet, if you're doing what you love, and whatever, it's amazing how that God can work that out and open up doors for you that nobody else can open up and put you in position to meet the right people. People to put you in the right place for you to have everything that you were looking for just because you use what he gave you. And so just trust him. Go for godly counsel, not just worldly counsel. Look into his word, his message for his truth. And then do what he asks you to do. The Bible gives us great instructions for our lives. It tells us how we ought to forgive, how we ought to love one another, how we should turn the other cheek, how we should abstain till we get married. Y'all quiet on me. How we should do everything that is right. That's all right. I could talk the Bible. The Bible is the Bible. I could talk about it. And, and yet when we do what God calls us to do, we find out he'll bless us in ways that we didn't think were possible because we don't know everything that God knows. And so she would check this out, that she comes to him. The widow comes to him. I'm in debt. You know, what can you do? And it's amazing. Many of these miraculous stories, we never know what the miracle is going to be. We know the outcome from reading. But yet I can just imagine her saying, 
you know, can you give me some money? You know, that would help me settle the debt. But he said, what do you got in your house? Right? It was already there. Her provision was already there. But she needed the man of God to awaken her and open her up to depend on the word of God for her deliverance. She needed a man of God to open up to depend on the word of God for her deliverance. The same place in our lives that we need to depend more on God than we do on ourselves. Once she realized that God was in control, she said she had to go back, right? She had to go back to him and say, what do I do next? And then he says, sell it, and then you can live off the rest. I want to show you here how Jesus again stepped in. Jesus stepped in and paid our debt. Y'all see that? And when he paid our debt, we could live happily ever after, too. So he's showing us the same truth. Not only is the Bible showing us, Jesus demonstrated that, yet first we got to settle debts. We had a debt in our lives because of sin, and Jesus paid the debt for us. And Cassius, 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 his, you know, the oil stopped flowing. The blood is still flowing. No, no, no. It, it flows from the highest mountain even to the, to the lowest valley. It never loses its power. And because the blood is still flowing, that means what? God is still paying all people's debts. And since he's still paying all people's debts, tell, tell your neighbor, it's not too late. So we need to go tell somebody else that you too can settle your debts. Mm. You too can settle your debts and not be worried about what's going to come to knowing that he's going to come. <laughs> when he comes back, you have all debts, so you have nothing to worry about of going of punishment and suffering. Because the punishment was for her sons to go into slavery. The punishment for not knowing him is to go into hell. But since she paid our debts, when he comes to collect, we will be with him in glory. And so seeing how Jesus paid our debts, he's given us instructions. How we ought to now live. And we ought to now live for him. And since he paid our debts, do we not owe him? And so we must give back our lives to him. And Cass says, when, he, when we give our lives to him, he gives us eternal life. He says, if any man lose his life for my name's sake, yet he shall save it. So when we give up our life for his name's sake, we shall say he'll give us eternal life. And so once our debts are canceled, our debts are settled, we now can live out off of the blessing of Father, our Lord and Savior, and Jesus Christ. Just as the poor widow and her two sons were able to live off happily and set in debts and settle in peace and have a success, we too can live in peace knowing that Jesus settled our debts. His blood is still flowing, still renewing us, still washing us, still regenerating. And, he's, and I'm so glad because he's mighty to say because there's going to be some people out there that's going to be down and out, going to feel in debt, going to feel in trouble. You can let them know that I know somebody that can soothe every pain, that can calm every storm. That can just speak and healing shall be done. And his name is Jesus. Let's turn to him. Jesus, Lord, we come to you right now.